0: my team's winning. How about yours? My team's winning. I'm on the winning side today. Somebody shout and give him praise. Praise God. While you're turning to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 54, all of our visitors, we're delighted that you are here America has furnished so many choices that you could be a lot of different places right now, but you have decided to be here. We're delighted that you're here. And um, I do want to say that while you're turning, we have a special guest here, Sister Ashlyn Whitmire is here. Hallelujah. Now, she, now, she, for the time being, she lives in Fort Myers. And every time I get a chance to tell Brother Randy Williams what he got, I want to make sure that he realizes that she started here, she got awesome here. Somebody help me out. (laughs) I'm not going to let him off the hook that easy. But we love her and it's so good to see her. Amen. It's good to see all of our guests. We have people visiting from, uh, from near and from far. And uh, we're delighted that you are here. Book of Isaiah, chapter number 54, starting in verse number 1. It's a great promise and prescription for revival and for growth. Sing, O barren. I know that barrenness is definitely not desired when you want children, but it doesn't compare anything in the 21st century like it did in biblical times. When a couple or a woman could not bear children, it was looked at like they were cursed. And yet the Bible says, "Sing." You have to manifest the opposite of your condition. Pastor, I feel depressed. What are you going to do? Pastor, I don't feel joy. What are you going to do? Pastor, I feel afraid. The way that you defeat your flesh and your enemy is to go against the grain and manifest the opposite of what you're battling. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing. This is people were being told to do this that didn't have the Holy Ghost. And cry aloud, Thou that didst not travail with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent. Okay? Get a bigger building before the revival gets here. Now, see, that goes against conventional wisdom, Brother Seymour, because people in the 21st century say, I'm not going to get it till I need it. God says, you go ahead and get on out there because you got a promise. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. Verse 3 For thou shalt break forth on the right hand. See, when you have people that walk with God, they see it before it gets here. Otherwise, there'd be no need for God. It would be a 21st century mentality of Pavlov's dog. I hear the bell, and now I will salivate. But God says, I'm needing some people that need revival, that'll realize that human effort's not going to get it done. Looking at the strategies, of statistics, and demographics will not get it done, but I need somebody that will hear the word of the Lord. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate churches, I mean cities, to be inhabited. Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch, verse number two, forth the curtains. You do your part and God will do his part because the miracle is in the stretch. The miracle is in the stretch. Let's put our Bibles down one more time. I know we praise the Lord a bunch here today, but I wonder if we could just all lift up our voices and pray for a word from God. God knows how to give you that word that's fitly spoken, regardless of your situation, regardless of where you're at. Let's pray. Let's lift our voices and pray. Let's pray with expectations. Let's pray with anticipation. Let's pray with determination. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. God, we love you, we praise you, and we need you. We ask you. To visit us in a special way. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. you. May be seated. You know, God is not going to let us off the hook. In every successful church's existence, and every successful saint's existence. There has to be what I call, this isn't necessarily biblical, but there are innumerable examples of what I'm about to describe. There has to be what I call a God zone. In every trial, the God zone is there. In every human need, the God zone is God's zone is where our resources stop, and there is an empty place between resource and the need. that are in a financial predicament. I mean, it's easy to do a refi. It's easy to just go get another loan. But I am describing a situation, an environment, a condition in which God will lead those that he trusts. What a fitting song was just saying about trusting the Lord. That's an amazing song. Because the joy is not in the need. The joy is in knowing that God will meet the need. You see, after we obey the gospel of repenting of our sins, we're baptized in Jesus' name, and we're filled with the Holy Ghost, if we're not careful, we that are blessed to live in the United States and Despite all the negativity, i want to tell you, it's still the greatest nation on earth, and I'm glad to be here. This is not a political statement. I'm just telling the truth. But if we're not careful as church people, we will allow our jobs. I'm including myself in this. We can allow our resources to actually fulfill all those needs begin to mold and shape us to where we are missing that certain something that makes living for God exhilarating and a true adventure like it was to Abraham of old, which is the God zone. The God zone was Peter looking out and seeing Jesus on the water and saying, if that's really you, bid me to come. Doctors have given up on you, but God walks in. The God zone is after you lose your job and an entire family is dependent on you, but you hit your closet of prayer. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to tell you, very subjectively, you don't really know what living for God is really all about until you've been in the God zone. Because that God zone is where you realize, though everybody walked out, God will never leave me nor forsake me. And that's what makes living for God. I can run the aisles no matter if I feel like it or not. I can lift my hands. I can lift my voice. I can celebrate. I can praise his name. Because I know that God can. I know that God will. Oh, clap your hands and give him praise. kicking and scratching and screaming <laughs> sometimes I know at least in the past that I have seen divine indicators on my on the screen of my heart and I already know that God is getting ready to do something and I call them divine indicators one of them happened in 25th anniversary, that my pastor was here and my pastor's wife, who I love dearly, there's still spiritual headship in my life after all these years, and on Monday I took them on a little tour of our various properties, this is actually the fourth building, but the fifth property that this church has been involved in. And uh, we were going to build. We actually got permitted by the city of Spokane Valley. We submitted our blueprints. They approved our blueprints. They, gave us, they issued an $18,000 permit that we never picked up. The reason why we never picked up that permit is because when looking at the blueprints, I just felt a check in the spirit that we're going to need something bigger than a building that could seat 500. And that was, oh my goodness, that was a few years ago, more than a few years ago. But we had secured this property on the interstate, and when we decided not to build on the interstate, we placed it on the market. We paid $150,000 for uh, 4.6 acres on the interstate. And we, um, when we didn't use it, we just put it on the market. I put a sign. That, that sign is dilapidated. And now there's a wall in front of it, and there's weeds, and There's gophers and there's there's all kinds of stuff, garbage that people have dumped on that property that go through Broadway. It's just an alleyway, but it's still Broadway, and they dump it there. And I think there was an old couch there for a long time. But I was taking brother and sister Wilson on a little tour, and um, I, as we drove down, uh, looking at this property, it wasn't much to look at. Still not, but I said. Dear brother and sister Wilson, we've had the market on the uh, this property on the market for ten years, and we've tried to sell it, haven't been able to sell it. Well, sister Wilson said a prayer in the back of the truck, and sister Wilson, uh, you just have to understand, she's she's just she's been a prophetess to my life. I can't get into all that. I don't want to I don't want to take a rabbit trail right now. But she's just been she's just been a prophetical voice to my life. She prayed a little prayer in the back seat. Brother Wilson said, we're ready to go. He was tired of the tour. We already ate. We already had fun uh, walking around downtown, and he was saying, I'm ready to go, which meant he's done with the tour. So I took him back to the hotel. The very next day, on a Tuesday, just like any other Tuesday, my day begins with three different phone calls from three different real estate agents. Two of the real estate agents, Brother Zach, were interested in the property on the interstate. Now, you can just be sitting here today, maybe you had a lot of pizza last night, and you're just thinking, man, this pew's real comfortable. I hope I can stay awake tonight, or this afternoon, or this morning, and I hope the pastor can keep this interesting enough uh, to keep me awake today. You, if, you, if you need to fall asleep, you just go ahead and fall asleep, because I am going to tell you that we are in the God zone, and God let it... <laughs> Brother Seymour, the reason why I'm looking over at you is because I remember at one time we were going to have you go clear that lot off. We had talked about maybe making it a, a multi-purpose field for baseball and softball. And, and I don't know, did you ever go over and do that? It's flat. I don't know if you, you did it three times. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Seymour. He's part of the God Zone. Okay, so I got three calls. Two, two of them were real estate agents um, that were involved in that piece of property. And one of them uh, was a real estate agent that is interested in this property. Now, I know you're probably sitting there saying, okay, that doesn't mean a lot to me. You have to understand as the pastor, I know what the God zone feels like. I know, what the, I know that there's divine indicators of God saying, okay, I want you to get ready. I want you guys to start looking in that direction. I want you guys to get ready because the miraculous is fixing to happen. One of the real estate agents actually bought that property for almost three times the amount that we paid for it two weeks ago. Oh ah, that's not a big deal that's just circumstance really First week of September, I get a call from the guy across the street, doesn't know my name, never met him in my life, had no idea who I was, had no idea what my address is, has no idea about anything. Calls me up and says, are you the pastor of Cornerstone? Yes, I am. We are wondering if you guys are interested in buying our building. I didn't tell him we've been praying about that building a long time. In fact, we couldn't afford it when this one was available, so God allowed us to get this one. We paid $1.9 million it's going on the market at 5.5 million, and now we're in a place that we, you got to understand, I live here. If I don't just get along with mediocrity, if I don't accept being average, if I don't accept being carnal, you're going to have to excuse me, because it is the God zone. My wife is talking to me while I preach She just got a text message from Brother Booker in Los Angeles. His church is praying right now that the doors are open for us to sell this building and get. How did I know? My God. Welcome to the God Zone. Neener, 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 neener. I want to tell you what, if the elder can run, every young buck in this building ought to be thinking about taking a lap. I appreciate our visitors that are here. But I got a feeling if you're a pastor, you understand the God zone. You got to understand there's no way I can do this. There's no way I can make it happen. God said I made it that way. I designed it that way because that's where I fit. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Come on, let's send a prayer back to Los Angeles. Thank you for praying for us. You may be seated. Wow. Man, this is good already. I haven't even got to my four pages of notes. One of the real estate agents, Brother Seymour, I don't know why I'm picking on you today, so you just let me off the hook. The last day, it was was a three-month contractual obligation. Are you awake? Are you listening to Zach? Okay, I want to tell you what happens when you get in the God zone everything out there starts looking like a cheap imitation of what walking with the God of the universe. A God that will bring you out. A God that will keep you out. A God that will take you up. A God that will keep you. Oh, come on, somebody. A God that's worth everything. A God that's worth leaving Egypt over. A God that's worth going into the wilderness for. A God that can defeat the giants. A God that's gonna give you cities you didn't build. A God that's gonna give you houses you didn't build. A God that's gonna give you domestication you didn't do. I got you all a hot tie. If you have never been in the God zone, you don't know how exhilarating and how powerful. God oftentimes waits to the last day See, when we were moving into this building, we had enough money in our building fund to pay the down payment and to get into this building, but then I had a bunch of guys like Brother Pyatt walking around with a hammer saying, Pastor, when do I get to use this? We need to do something to the building. When do we get started? And I'm going, "Uh, we don't have any money just yet to start working on the building, except that I got on Craigslist. Craigslist! Went to the financial section. (laughs) And met a friend by the name of Steven that lent us $325,000 to get started on the remodel. But there was a three-month prepayment penalty that says that you cannot pay this blown off in three months so that we get a little bit of interest out of you. On the absolute 29th day of the third month, with one day to go, our building on Broadway finally closed, and we paid off the three hundred fifty. Somebody needs to just go ahead. When you, I can't help it. I live in the God zone. I anticipate the God zone. I can't live without it. Clap your hands and give God the praise. So we're remodeling this building in the God zone. And Brother Daniel Clark has never been on a scissor lift. And so he's doing scissor lift rides out on the vestibule of this church. And we told him, Brother Daniel, do not raise that above a sprinkler. Are you with me, Brother Wokey? Do you understand where I'm going with this? Brother Clark, God bless his soul, is working in the vestibule of the church, takes a scissor lift up and knocks off a sprinkler head. And the water is gushing out. I'm in here working. He says, Pastor, are you still in the building? The water went everywhere. The water came all the way into this building and stopped right here. There was no carpet in this building. It stopped right here. It went all the way into that office area. Did not destroy one thing except the carpet that we were going to pull up anywhere. And they gave us $23,000 for our trouble. Come on, somebody. When the devil goes to messing, God goes to blessing. Come on, look at your neighbor. When the devil goes to messing, God goes to him. I know some of you are wondering, man, what kind of church did we get into? You walked into a church. This is not the power of human religion. This is the power of God unto salvation. You got to get out of the boat. You got to come out from among them. You got to go into a country that you've never been before. Somebody shout! You may be seated. Hallelujah. The second realtor that called me is the realtor that represents this property to the east of Huntwood Cabinets across the street. They're selling nine acres for $2 million. He said, Pastor, you don't really know what's going on, but the city of Liberty Lake just found out that the state legislature in Washington just approved that there's going to be an overpass that goes from Henry Road. It's going to go over I-90. It's going to land right next to your property. He said, your property just went up big bucks. He's now the real estate agent That is representing that property to us, the bare ground, because when we buy that building across the street, we're going to buy three more acres and build a 20,000-square-foot educational wing. Pastor, I don't know if we can do this. I don't have time to talk to you. Give me somebody that says, let's go. Where's the people that said God can do it? Where's somebody in the crowd that said, I believe God's able because I've seen it with my own eyes? got to get in the God zone. But God oftentimes waits to the very end to see really what you're going to do in case it don't happen. The last day after a 30-day extension for doing a feasibility study on that 4.6 acre. The last day, the guy calls up and says, be in the lawyer's office in the next two days. You guys are going to sign off. Why didn't you do it on the 30 days? I've been biting my fingernails halfway to my elbows. But God is just trying to prove to this pastor over and over again, you get out of the boat. You ain't going to sink. You ain't going to get eaten by monsters. You're not going to get swallowed up. You just keep coming in my direction and walk on the waves and walk on uncertainty and walk. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. God is is taking this church back to the miraculous of the first century, back to the supernatural of our brothers and sisters that started this thing. We now have 400,000 bones in the bank account. And then two weeks ago, bless your heart, you God zoners. I'm just looking at a bunch of God zone people walking to the hospital. What do you got? In the name of Jesus. My God is bigger than AIDS. My God is My God's bigger than cancer. My God's bigger than sugar diabetes. My God's bigger than high blood pressure. When you live in the God zone, there's no problem too big for my God. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. All right, you may be seeing. See, this this God zone stuff, it scares. Good, practical, reasonable people. Okay, pastor. Um, no matter how many times I go through this, uh, uh, let me see. Uh, carry the one uh, over the zero. Uh, another zero. Uh, another pastor. I don't see how y'all are gonna do this. I ain't doing this on my own. What'd you start with? Zero. See, when you move on from zero, everything is in the God zone. You can't look at things according to the lens of zero. You have to look according to the lens. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to knock a door and watch this guy walk in from over here. I'm going to hand out a track and watch this guy appear out of nowhere. I'm going to go ahead and do my part and watch God do it. Come on, somebody. Let's just take a moment and praise him. Maybe you need a miracle today. You're in the right place. Maybe you need the the heavens to rend open and pour out something into your heart and into your family. Maybe you need a door open. Maybe you need something to happen. Maybe you need the enemy to be put to flight. Somebody let's pray right now. so pragmatic. All right, pastor, the church now has seven zeros in the bank. Go ahead and buy that building. Are you kidding me? That's the way our culture does. What we're going to do is we're going to lengthen the cords of the tent, and we're going to stretch God said you ain't having revival? Go ahead and lengthen the cords of your tent. Any correct university trained mind says why? Why should I? Why should I lengthen the cords of this tent? Why should I drive the stakes of doctrine deeper? Why should we get on all sides of this fabric and everybody heave ho and pull this thing and stretch it? Why should we do that? Because God said I'm fixing to walk out of eternity, step into your world, and now I'm going to fill that building like I filled the... Clap your hands and give him
1: praise.
0: God taught Moses. The word stretch is used 12 times in the book of Exodus alone. Go to Exodus chapter three and verse twenty. This is God speaking, and I will stretch out my hand. But see, God, I know that God can do anything, but God requires human agency <laughs> and smite Egypt with all my wonders. Go to 719. That's God. Now look what God requires Moses to do. And the Lord spake unto Moses, Say unto Aaron and take thy rod and stretch. God said, I've already stretched. I've already determined a miracle is going to happen. I've already determined your church is going to have revival. I've already determined there's going to be growth. I've already determined what's going to happen. But I need somebody on planet earth to cooperate with heaven. I've already stretched. If you stretch, I've already stretched, and the miracle is going to come to pass. Some people sit back, live their lives, and say, God, I have a need. Abracadabra, owe me one whatever the guy's name is, Luke Skywalker, Abracadabra, Obi-Wan Kenobi, snap your fingers, God's your magic genie. I've got a need, God meet my need, God we got this little problem, go ahead and do it. God says go ahead and stretch. Take thy rod and stretch out thine hand upon the waters of Egypt. We don't have time to do this. Fresh water is going to turn to blood. We're not going to look at all the occasions but every one of those curses. Tell Aaron stretch flies. Tell Aaron stretch lice. Tell Aaron stretch water turn into blood. Stretch Miracle, stretch, miracle, stretch, miracle, stretch, miracle. You got to learn to live in the God zone. Stretch, miracle, stretch, miracle, stretch, miracle. They're not even out of Egypt yet. Stretch, miracle, stretch. I didn't come here to take it easy. I didn't come here to be a welfare recipient. I didn't come here to be a taker. I came here to see God work. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Stretch, God moves. Stretch, miracle. Stretch, miracle. Stretch, miracle. Clap your hands and get in the God zone. Come on, clap your hands. Give him praise. Lift your voice. Let's give him praise. you know that the unbelieving will not go into the new jerusalem not trying to scare you but it's in the bible stretch god does his part stretch god said if you'll stretch Revival will break forth on the right hand and on the left. We're actually, numerically, we're actually down today. Last week I was on this platform looking around. I thought, my goodness, we might need that building a little sooner. But you know what? God's going to make sure that this thing transitioned. I'm going to make a prediction that that building, once we get over there, that building will fill faster than this one did. Why? Because it was born out of a stretch. See, what people do, they look at their bank account and they go, I don't really need God. They look in the refrigerator, I don't really need God. They look at how good the car runs, I don't really need God. They look at all their clothes, I don't really need God. They look at this, I don't really need God. Well, what do you need God for? I don't want to go to hell. Nobody in the right mind wants to be lost. But God's got a job that he's doing on planet earth, and it's fallen on the shoulders of the likes of you and I that we'd be a medium to this lost and searching culture, that there is a God. He is a living God. He is a miraculous God. He loves people. And what God did for me, God will do for you. Clap your hands and give him praise. God has healed me. God has delivered me. God has brought me out. God has kept me out. got a lot of young people in this building come back when it's really cranked up. You got a lot of young people here that some of them are just visiting. Mom and dad, you ain't never going to get those kids off this world unless you come in contact with something more powerful than that world. You ain't never going to get those kids off off pornography on their smartphone and, and smoking dope, I don't care if it's legal or not, anything else in this world, unless you bring into something where there is something more powerful than dope. It's more powerful than pornography. It's more powerful than your childhood abuse. It's more powerful than your problem. It's more powerful. There's nothing in this world that is more powerful than the Holy Ghost. Clap your hands and give him praise. I wouldn't have made it six months in some average, mediocre, run-of-the-mill. Here's a program that just came from headquarters. Read it today. Teach it today. Get up and look enthusiastic, but just tell it. I wouldn't have made it six months in a church like that. Are you kidding me? I came into this thing a cocaine addict, the rush of cocaine, alcoholism for years. Drug abuse of every kind. I was looking for exhilaration. I was looking for a high. I was looking for something. And so when God brought me off of a concert stage in San Francisco, he didn't lead me to a regular, average, mediocre, just barely going through the motions. I don't really want to be there. Where are we going out today? Where are y'all going out to eat? I wouldn't have made it in a church like that. I had to plug into a church where they had some ex-dopers that were already running. They had some ex-alcoholics that were already preaching. They had people that are, these people that are running the aisles, they used to be on dope. They used to be, they found something from another world, something that can bring them out, something that can keep them out. Somebody go ahead and shout. The miracle is in the stretch. Come on, stretch your hands towards heaven. The miracle is in the stretch. Several years ago, actually many years ago, a pastor here in Spokane called me up. He said, is this Cornerstone? I said, yes, it is. got a bunch of drug addicts and alcoholics in this church, and we can't get them off the stuff, so I'm sending them over to you. I said, do you have my address? You just send them on. We'll take anybody. We'll take everybody, and then we'll sit back and glorify God as God breaks off the chains and pulls off, and God will get the glory. I was preaching the Louisiana camp meeting. Just on the platform alone, I think there were 75 preachers. I felt like an insect in a Petri dish. I only knew about three guys. And I told the story about God sending a transvestite to our church. For those of you that don't know what a transvestite is, it's a man trying to be a woman and dressing up like one. He, was, he, he admitted to this, I'm not, and I'm not putting him down. I'm just telling you. He said, I'm gay, I'm dying of AIDS, and I'm the drag queen of Seattle. But he said, I want to be saved and bless your heart before that service was over. He went down in the water in the name of Jesus Christ. He came out of that water speaking in tongues as the power of the Holy Ghost gave him the utterance. Honey, welcome to the God Zone. I told that story down as deep as you can get into Louisiana. There was almost like a... And I said... You got those kind of people in your church? I'll tell you what. Here's my address. You send them to our church. They're welcome here. I don't care if you're transgender. I don't care if you look in the mirror and don't know what you are. You're welcome here. Because the God of glory said you were made in my image. I love you. I made you. And I'm the only one that can fix you. Somebody shout. Because one generation learned how to stretch. The next generation learned how to stretch. Go to the book of Joshua, please. And the Lord said unto Joshua, stretch out thy spear that is in thy hand. Because Moses and Aaron learned in Egypt how to stretch. When they got to the Red Sea, God gave them a little test. See, God's going to give you a little pop quiz. See if you learned where the God zone is. And so they're at the edge of the Red Sea. Pharaoh in all of his chariots is coming to take them back into bondage and take them back to Egypt. And the Red Sea is before him. And Moses is going, God, 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 do you remember us? And God spoke to Moses and said, go forward. Okay. Take your rod and stretch it out where there is no path, where there is no road, where there is no way. And the way maker made a way in the Red Sea. But what the enemy doesn't understand is, That is only for God's people. That's got exclusive rights. The devil is not allowed to follow you into the God zone because he's going to get out there in the middle. And God said, take away the power. And it drowned Pharaoh's armies. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. The miracle is in the stretch. God said, you make the building bigger because you're going to have revival. Let's lift our hands and pray right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, I love this God, a living God. The God of the Bible is alive. He is alive. He's alive. He's alive. Come on, let's pray. See, in our culture, we're used to stretching to get what we want. Now, I'm pulling up to the window at Starbucks, and I know that I dropped $1.50 in quarters between here and there in my seat. Hold on. So I got to get out of the- got to get down on all fours and look under the seat, I got to stretch all the way back in there so I can pay for my Starbucks. Honey, I'd really like to have that dinette set. It would look so good in our new house. And I think if we stretch, we can get that. Honey, did you like that second house we looked at right down the road from the church? If we quit going to Starbucks every day, and you quit going to the gym and just sitting there, it ain't do you any good anyway? <laughs> My goodness, I'm already in the God zone. I need somebody to help me. You're going to the gym. You ain't doing nothing. You're, you're going to Starbucks every other day. If we quit doing that, we can get that new house after a couple months. We're used to stretching to get what I want. But what I submit to you is, what if we did that for the kingdom of God? What if we just got out there and said, God will do the rest? God will make up the difference. God will bridge the hedge. God will make up the hedge. God will. F- yalala yalala We're used to stretching to get what we want. And that's okay. But what if we transferred that so that God can work? And we did that. Which is why two Sundays ago this church took up 511. I just got a phone call about you yesterday. Looking at you just reminded me of that. It went well, my lad. The damsel shall be yours. That's what happens when you do it God's way. Come on, man. This is advertisement that we need. He's turning red right now. Just look down. I'm talking to them anyway. Two weeks ago, this congregation, look look around a little bit. I don't see Bill Gates sitting out there. This guy... Zuckerberg, whatever his name is, for Facebook. I don't see any multi-zillionaires here today. I just see God's people here today. But would you believe that this congregation took up $511,186? And I believe when it's all said and done, there's going to be more than that. Why? We're in the God zone. We've already been through this four times. Brother Wokey, we did this to get off First and David. We did this to get off Sprague Avenue. We did this to get over here from Broadway. How did it happen? Go home and tell them. It's the God zone. The miracle is in the stretch. Look at your neighbor and say, the miracle is in the stretch. I'm almost done. Say that to your neighbor too. He's almost done. Some of you just got happy. There are two challenges to this stretching into the miraculous. five different species of cheese. You can go to your nearest Yolks, Safeway, or Albertsons and find six or seven different brands of white bread. In some parts of the world, they would die for a loaf of bread to feed their family. I'm not putting you on a guilt trip. Just telling you, you already know the, this. We are in the comfort zone. The comfort zone is in direct contrast to the God zone. So you've got to be willing to get out of the comfort zone and live in the God zone. There is the fear of the cost. What's it going to cost for you and I to go to heaven? This culture has legalized everything that's bad for you. And so you and the Holy Ghost are going to have to agree that I am a going against the grain. And I'm going to be a saint in the midst of plenty. So the number one reason why there is a challenge to stretching into the miraculous, number one, is the comfort zone, which is the fear of the cost. Number two is the inability to stretch. And I'm going to focus for the remainder of my time, and I'm almost done, I promise. A dysfunction, a previous marriage that you've not been able to get the bitterness out woundedness, some inability and disability to really live life to its fullest, you're still combating the dysfunction. knows about that hurt. God knows about the pain. I heard the story of a man that went to pray for a 96-year-old saint in his church. They were all gathered around her bed in the hospital and she, she didn't look like she was alive. Completely emaciated. Completely out of strength. song, and all of a sudden that 96-year-old body perked up, and those arms came up. It's easier to stretch when you know that God is in it. When God is in it, you know it's going to be all right. When God is in it, you know we're going to make it to the other side. When God is in it, I can make it to the Lord, and even if I falter, he's going to grab me and say, you're not going to be lost. Hallelujah. The Bible has a famous story in it, and I'm, I'm closing with this about a guy named Lefty. You know, I've been around a little while. I met a few guys that were called Lefty. I've never met one person named Righty. All Righty? I've never met anybody named Righty, but I've met a few or heard of a few by the name of Lefty. There's a guy that went to a church by the name of Lefty. Lefty was a good guy. From the best that we can tell from biblical articulation, he was well-liked. And everybody knew him as Lefty. And that is because Lefty did such a great job of hiding his right arm, you know. Of these kind of deals. You know, everybody knew that something wasn't absolutely 2020. But he was a good guy. Everybody liked him. He was friendly. He was engaging in conversation. He was a nice person, and everybody just knew him as Lefty. One day in this church, in the Bible, Jesus said, I'm going to this particular church. He went into this synagogue, church, and he focused on one person in that entire congregation, and it was Lefty. I mean, he had had gone through great, measures to try to hide that he had a problem, Brother Daniel. Didn't want, didn't want anybody to know that he had a dysfunction. Like other people could grasp things. He had a problem grasping. See, the Bible doesn't say much about your left hand. The Bible says a whole bunch about your right hand because we're right hand dominant in the word of God because the right hand is used as the anthropomorphism about God himself. That Jesus is sitting on the right hand of power, meaning that God's right hand is the place of power and lefty was lacking ability because of a dysfunction, a woundedness, a something that had never, never been healed in his life. He wanted God, he loved God, he loved to be with God's people. But he couldn't really operate because he had a wound. He had a dysfunction. He had a disability. He had an inability. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're saying, I can get some of this, but I'm having a hard time making friends because I have a voice in me that tells me that I'm a nobody and I'm no good and I'm nothing. I rebuke that voice of shame by the authority of the name of Jesus. Maybe you're sitting here today and as a young person you were taken advantage of and, and, and there, there were devils that moved in. You have to understand that when there is abuse, that is an open door to satanic agency, not to possess you but to now control you and to, to build on that woundedness and to build on that dysfunction so that you're never used and never capable and never live an abundant life. could get a few things. Couldn't really outreach because you got to outreach with your right hand. Couldn't pray for other people in the altar. Felt a little different. Everybody else in the temple was, he just barely made it in there because the maimed and the halt, according to the Old Testament, are not supposed to even be in the temple. So he kept his problem really covered. Nobody knows. My wife don't know. Nobody knows. But God knows. And so Jesus goes into the church for one person. There's great fanfare and pomp because this is the man from Galilee, the the, Nazar, the Nazarite is here. The one we've heard so much about. The one that's able to raise the dead and open blinded eyes and is a fulfillment of the Old Testament is in the building. But he's not looking for the satisfied. He's not looking for the capable that are filled with pride, which has become their downfall because they're basing their strength on what they can do. Instead of only what God can do, and Jesus comes in there for one person. Lefty. Jesus got in front of that crowd and looked right at him and said, "Stand." And fearing humiliation and feeling fearing embarrassment, he stands, but with hesitation and reservation he's looking at familiar faces and looking at eyes and he's heard the rumors and he's heard the stretch forth your wound nobody nobody knows how can he know why me why why are you doing this here just let me fit in let me let me just go home me just have a good church service. We didn't really come to get anything. We didn't really come to do anything. We just, but Jesus came for you. Jesus said, you're not whole until you can stretch. And Jesus said, stretch forth thine hand. And with the priest's and neighbors and everybody watching, he put his robe down. People gasped because they saw the mangled form of humanity that had been kept, covered by human ingenuity and device for so long, and Jesus said, "Come on, I know it's there. I love you, I accept you anyway." but stretch it forth. And the Bible said that as he stretched forth, go to that scripture if you would in Mark chapter number one. Read the very next verse. And when he had looked around about him and he said unto him, he was grieved for the hardness of people's hearts, not knowing that they were in the same condition that he was in, but would not admit it. And the Bible said, and when he had looked round about on them with anger, being grieved, this is Jesus, for the hardness of the hearts he saith unto the man, stretch forth thine hand. And as he stretched it out, it was restored whole as the other. Now you can stretch and see God at work. (laughs) Let's stand to our feet and clap our hands and give God the praise. I don't want to stretch. I'm tired of stretching. I'm tired. I'm starting to doubt myself because I'm so tired. I'm starting to doubt the things of God. I'm so tired. I'm wore out. Stretch because your miracle is in the stretch. Let's lift our hands and praise him right now. The Holy Ghost is talking to people all over this audience by the authority of the name of Jesus. Maybe you only go so far with relationships, and then there's that memory that, yeah, I was immoral. I messed up. I, 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 I'm, I'm not whole. I'm not perfect. I can't function. God said, I came here to heal you, but you have to Stretch. The miracle is in the stretch. Got to come out of safety. Come out of your religion. Come out of your Pentecostal denomination. Come across the boundaries that your flesh and your rational mind has preconceived and already set for yourself. And let the God of eternity make you whole so that you're now balanced and now you can grasp spiritual things. This is what we're going to do. God has been talking to people very specifically here the last few moments. You know who you are. It doesn't really matter if anybody else knows who you are, but You know who you are, and God already knows who you are. But I want you to come, and I want you to stand at the front of this altar. I want you to come right now. You're impaired. Pastor preaches, you have a problem grasping. Other people preach, you can't grasp it. You can't do outreach because you can't grasp A good majority of this congregation will be in this altar. We're just going to wait. Well, Pastor, I've I've been able to manage. I've been able to cope. That is not the will of God. I've been able to just kind of limp along and just get through life the best I can. And Welcome to the Godson. Total balance. Total strength. Total reach. Maximum capability. This altar's open. Come on, church. Let's let's already start praying because there's people that need to be in this altar today that you really you're thinking, we didn't really come to do this. I don't, I don't know if this pastor's talking to me or not, but I've been coping for many years. I'm on drugs. Nobody even knows that I'm seeing a counselor. I'm seeing a, I'm on psychotropic drugs. I'm just kind of limping by. God's wanting to get rid of the medicine chest and let the power of God do what only God can do. Just make your way up to the altar today. I'm asking Cornerstone to come. And help us pray. I can't meet every need here. I can't pray for everybody. Come on, Zach. It's all or nothing. There's not going to be any halfway. There's not going to be just getting in touch today. You that are in this altar, let's lift up our hands and let's begin to stretch. Stretch your faith. Stretch your expectations. Stretch your desires. the miracles in the stretch stretch your faith stretch
1: your expectations